the teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Um, we are most grateful that you have chosen to join us today. And this is The Open Door, coming to you from the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we honor the truths of all the world's religions. Boy, that's quite a mouthful. Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> and I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy, and our focus today is on unity. You know, in many of our programs over the last year and more, we've spoken about the fallen angels. They are quite real, by the way and how they plot and plan the destruction of mankind and extinguishing the light that we possess. The light of God. Quite right. Now, the fallen ones must have our light to survive since they have none of their own. Which begs the question, <laughs> if they need our light to survive, why would they seek our destruction? Uh, wouldn't this act destroy them? <laughs> well, you know, if they can't have their own light, they'll do whatever they can to deny us light, even if it means destroying themselves in the process. Yeah, well... Kind of the opposite of enlightened self-interest, I would say. <laughs> yeah, well said. Let's call that unenlightened self-destruction. But this does give us some idea how determined and committed they are to their goals. And they really are furious, aren't they? <laughs> Our destruction is not just their hobby. This is their ultimate revenge against God. I mean, God created angels to serve us. But some of them, given the freedom to choose, said no and rebelled. And when they were vanquished and fell, they were literally cut off from God. So, yes, they're furious and single-minded in their determination to destroy us and the world. And though they may have no light of their own, they uh, don't make the mistake of thinking that they have no attainment <laughs> or that they're toothless in their fury. That would be a big mistake, because before they fell, some of these angels were very advanced in their spiritual attainment. And they use this attainment as they plot their evil, do battle with good, attempt to subvert mankind's upward spiritual path, and steal our light. Which brings us neatly back to today's subject of unity. And in the face of such coordinated evil and dark intention, it is imperative that we stand united with our fellow man and with God, because in this unity is our strength. In this battle of good versus evil, the fallen angels have a bag of tricks that they use again and again. And of course, the, the reason they keep using these tricks is because they keep working. <laughs> Probably the most well-known strategy they use is what we want to focus on today, divide and conquer. Now, I'm sure everyone listening to us understands the basic premise of the divide and conquer strategy. United we stand, divided we fall. And it's really that simple. Rob people of their united strength by finding mm -hmm. ways to divide them, and there are many ways to do this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's class warfare, racial politics, rich versus poor, the haves against the have-nots, us versus them. As you said, it comes in many forms, but it always boils down to the same process. Find a way to drive a wedge between people, communities, nations, religions, families, whatever, and hammer it home until people accept it as true. And by doing so, the group is weakened, and unfortunately, it's easier to manipulate and control them. Yes, that but true. And here's where it gets particularly nefarious. Often the most common response to divide and conquer tactics is anger. And when we get angry, we squander our light. I mean, we literally give it away. Well, exactly. And who's the beneficiary of this release of light? Well, the fallen ones. Uh -huh. uh, this is how they trick us into giving our light away. You know, and this, we'll call it vampire action, you know, robbing us of our light through our anger, 
judgment, condemnation, and hatred has been going on for millennia. Now, the fallen angels use uh, political division, racial bigotry, terror, and war to make this happen. They lie, they exaggerate, they deliberately misinterpret and confuse. They use suspicion to accuse and isolate others. They use dissension and subversion and demoralize and break the will to resist, all of which adds up to divide and conquer. And again, as long as we fall for it, they'll keep doing it. So stop doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, mankind has a tendency to judge and condemn others, to take sides. And if we're going to stop being willing victims of the strategies of the forces of darkness, such as divide and conquer, we're going to have to be willing to take an honest and unflinching look at our own psychology. And, and that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no, it certainly isn't, as we can all attest. But remember how you felt when you really wanted something? Sure. I became more focused, more determined. My effort level increased. Yeah. And, and in that focus and determination, that's going to lead us to victory over the strategies of darkness. We've just got to want it. We've got to want to overcome our own prejudices and limiting beliefs. If we don't, we'll just continue to be divided, weakened, and manipulated. So, so what's the answer? Uh, what can we do, Tom? Well, first of all, I think it's very important to be aware that while divide-and-conquer techniques work with groups, organizations, communities, and countries, they also work within individuals. That, that would be the warring in our parts? Yeah, you've got it. Uh, our own personal stability, happiness, harmony, and peace can be subverted by feelings of worthlessness, guilt, doubt, and so on. And the fallen ones, working through the media and popular culture, for instance, can convince us that we are incomplete, mm -hmm. limited, and unlovable. Yeah, yeah, and by creating artificial distance between where we think we are and where we wish to go. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and it isn't that ironic. In truth, our oneness with God is a journey without distance. Without distance, yes. That goes directly back to the question you asked a moment ago, what can we do? Well, how about this? we can affirm our innate and unshakable unity with God. In, in most real sense, in a most real sense, I should say, we are never alone, nor are we ever without the means to overcome the plots and ploys of the fallen ones. Yeah, call to your own Christ self. Call to the angels. Call to Mother Mary to help you resist the temptation to feel distrust or suspicion. Rise above dissension. You can make calls to have your discernment sharpened so that you can detect the more subtle, divisive strategies. And when we say calls, we're talking about simple statements you can make within or aloud to address in the moment whatever seems to be going on. For example, uh, I call to the angels of clarity to help me see the truth in this situation. Or Mother Mary, give me your discernment to help me divide the real from the unreal. Your Holy Christ self, in the form of that still, quiet voice within, is always available to whisper the truth in your heart and inner ear, so you never have to make a mistake. You know, Terry, I think you've got for something for us today on the subject, right, of unity? I do, and this is an excerpt from The Strategies of Light and Darkness by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. So let's play it now. Okay. Keep America united. Don't fall for divide-and-conquer tactics. This is probably the most well-known of the strategies of darkness and is considered a classic all-time favorite. The fallen ones pull it out of the box every time, and it always seems to work. We read in Foundations of the Path, page 220, Divide and conquer is a method the negative forces use successfully. Man's propensity to condemn has for thousands of years kept him under the tyranny of negative patterns. In fact, individuals who do the same things they criticize are often the most violent in their condemnation of others. And some individuals who think that others do the same things they do will condemn them for it whether they know it to be true or not. We need to get wise. 
divide-and-conquer tactics work to set brother against brother and to create schisms between people at all levels. They work to foment subversion, dissension, and suspicion. Ultimately, the tactic works to isolate, demoralize, and break the will to resist. It works with individuals and groups and organizations. The Ascended Master Alexander Gaylord explains how it also works on a national and world scale. Let us therefore examine certain techniques used in controlling the masses, one of the most obvious yet effective of these being that which is known as divide and conquer. Since men have the tendency to take sides, those who would manipulate nations and peoples find it to their advantage to divide humanity and to pit them against one another as a means of controlling the world. While political parties, various interest groups in matters of foreign policy provide the means of dividing people on a national scale, miniature power blocks are sustained even within families and small business firms. Furthermore, the smokescreen that is created through the deliberate release of misinformation through the press and other news media makes it literally impossible for either the people or their elected representatives to properly assess the issues and to formulate sound policy. We are interested in revealing the fact that behind the plots that pit the blacks against the whites, the north against the south, the east against the west, the poor against the affluent, and the ignorant against the learned, are the manipulators who use a stream of divergent ideas to set the brethren against one another as a means of unbalancing the population, pushing them either farther and farther apart or closer and closer together as it suits their purposes. How do we maintain unity? The trick is knowing that divide and conquer is the oldest trick in the book. Don't fall for it. Rise above it. Remind yourself of the teaching of Hiawatha in the poem by Longfellow, an embodiment of our dear Mark. All your strength is in your union. All your danger is in discord. Don't listen to or spread gossip and rumors about others. If you have a problem with a brother or sister on the path, seek to resolve it directly with them. Avoid taking sides in an issue if possible. But do not compromise your honor and integrity. Don't let the wedges of darkness of the fallen ones create distrust or suspicion. Instead, strive to hold the immaculate concept for yourself and for others. Ask Mother Mary to help you do this. At the same time, keep your eyes and heart open. <laughs> That's very good advice, Terry. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, um, don't go away, everybody, because uh, in our upcoming interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, it's on the subject of God government and how we can navigate through the turbulent waters of divided leadership. This will also include understanding a bit more about the relationship between God's will and government, which I think is a good thing to understand in terms mm -hmm. of our discernment of the issue. And what is the ascended master ideal for government? So please stay with us. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? 
Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back, everyone. In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet addresses the relationship between God's will and government, the Ascended Master ideal for government, and what we can do to help our leaders. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. We left off yesterday talking about El Moya's ideas for government. Could you tell us a bit more about those? You know, the closeness of the American people to El Moria is nowhere more evident than in their intense concern for government, which has been from the very beginning the participation of all people. Al Moria has written this document that I think is so marvelous, a white paper from the Darjeeling Council table. And in this white paper, he proceeds to analyze what our attitude should be toward government because government and its correct functioning is the direct manifestation of our dedication to the will of God. Government is the will of people of the governed by their representatives, and without this we cannot proceed on the path of true religion or true science. He says, so many are the mysteries of life, so many are the powers of love, yet the dust seems to be more their choice than the destiny God ordained. Now there is a remnant, and the remnant is one of hope, and these are responsive hearts. But the great cosmic net must reach into the deep and find them out. We must draw many to the higher pilaster. We must amplify the filaments of light in the body bulbs of those who are the true seed of God. We must protect and direct. Yet the veil of obscurity is very, very heavy. While man's concern for his ecology mounts, what shall I say is happening to the soul within. The moral standard, recognition of the plane of spirit, listening to the music of the stars and the spheres, creating that tie of cosmic identity, which is the fort of the will of God. These are the strong banners we raise. You'll remember, Doug, that El Moria is our own personal guru. He is the ascended master who founded the Summit Lighthouse. He says... Now we compliment those who have assisted in the expansion of the light beams from the Summit Lighthouse, those who perceive our reality standing behind the printed word, those who understand that the messengers and staff are glad servants 
a veil of flesh through which we indicate strands of the holy pattern. Turning his attention to the world scene, Moria wrote, noting the widening schisms, the deliberately maneuvered divisions being created through the dichotomies of mind and spirit in the total world order today, it is my desire to speak from our level concerning our viewpoint and our intent. Those who would set nation against nation, those who would set people against people, those who would point the accusing finger of one religion at another, by so doing create that fracture in consciousness which is a destructive negative spiral. May I then set forth so that all may hear me once and for all the policy of the Summit Lighthouse sponsored by the Great White Brotherhood. As the brother of humble service who assisted in the pangs of birth, may I now order the promulgation of our statement of policy and see that this shall reflect our thoughts both now and in the future. It is well known that there are in the world millions who are labeled left-wing, there are other millions labeled right-wing. There are others who choose, in some degree of human pride, I might add, the position of the middle of the road. May I say that we do not espouse any of these causes, and may I tell you why. This, to me, was the most refreshing aspect of Elmoria's consciousness when I encountered him. I found that I could be free to support the will of God Anywhere in the political spectrum, I didn't have to be right wing, left wing, middle of the road. I could see the will of God and be a chila of this guru and yet be directly involved with government in America and in every nation. So Moria, to me, is the great liberator of my soul from partisan politics. And being a political science major, I found this to be a wonderful solution to a difficult problem. He writes, The magnitude of cosmic Christ's service is such that we cannot identify ourselves or our movement with one confined to a secular slice of opportunism. Those who desire to sell many copies of their magazine espouse controversial subjects, knowing that half of the people in the world will probably subscribe to their view. They play the percentages, and to them life is a wheel of roulette. From our level, we can scarcely engage in such conduct. We choose then not to favor any of these positions, but rather to recognize the whole spectrum from right to left, including the middle of the road, as the valley of reality where truth may appear mingled with error. Ours is not to create division, and the Summit Lighthouse, our organization, reflects those goals which are sound and strengthening to the human spirit. May I say in all cosmic honor that there are virtuous causes across the whole range of human endeavor, but there are many that are unvirtuous, unrighteous, deceptive, and wrongly motivated. We cannot identify with any, for our purpose is not to be popular, but to be truthful and to embrace those spiritual causes which will enable the soul itself to expand its life. I have not denied that the poor, as Jesus said, are with you always. I have not denied man's right to fulfill those social needs which to some have become a way of spiritual service. Likewise, we clearly see that among the traditions of men there are many a virtue, albeit sometimes sagging, that ought to be upheld. 
but where shall we position the timbers? We cannot identify with the right or the left, and we cannot identify with the middle of the road. I think then we see that the position of the ascended masters is not to ratify any human position, not to tell us that we are right, but to tell us to be wed to truth rather than personalities, platforms, because these always represent a mingling of truth and error. And what we must strive to do is to isolate truth and then champion it wherever it is found. And since all men and women have a creative potential to bring forth an element of God, then we should test what is brought forth by the standard of the will of God which we all have within us. And as God gives us the wisdom and the gift of vision to see and to know that will. How do we do that? Well, it is always by the reconsecration of our day and our life to that will, calling to God, kneeling in very intense prayer before we go to sleep at night, that God will realign our consciousness and we should dedicate the next day to God every night. And then while we sleep, God will purify our souls, purify our motives, give us solutions to problems. We tune into the cosmic mind, which is just like a fantastic cosmic computer. It releases us through the night. All that we need to deal with the challenges of the coming day, especially should our leaders and representatives realize that they have a supreme duty to meditate upon this will of God and to be untied even to their own personal preferences and unbound by political commitments and be bound solely by and to this will of God which will surely come forth and inspire consciousness if we open ourselves to it. Do the masters influence our leaders? Almoria has kind of chuckled when he has told us of the many leaders that he has worked through, perhaps leaders that we would not particularly vote for, but he says, whoever is in office, we must work with. He says, spiritual knowledge is the highest knowledge and takes into account the total compass of the brotherhood of man. For example, when we make a pronouncement that seems to sanction one or the other, and as I've said before, the garment of righteousness must run the whole spectrum, we find ourselves being labeled and our outer voice of cosmic reason, the summit lighthouse, being labeled also. The choice we make then is to render the greatest service to all men and women upon the planet, wherever they appear on the social scale, from the poorest to the wealthiest, from the weakest to the strongest, from the most unspiritual to the most spiritual, from the foolish to the wise. We must serve them all. And when Almoria says weed, he's talking about the Darjeeling Council and all of the Ascended Masters. And he says, unless we do, we have fallen short of our divine office. When human reform is needed, let us be about our Father's business, but let us put the brakes on those unfortunate situations which literally tear from man the vital energies of his life, leaving him a profitless servant. Have the Masters had a great deal to do with the development of this country? The Masters, through St. Germain, have sponsored America to be a pilot nation, for the Republican form of government, for representative government, according to the inner path of initiation, whereby those who have had the greatest attainment in the Christ consciousness would rise to the position of being not simply political figures, but statesmen 
and great examples to the people of virtue, and the great virtues not only of religious leaders of the past, but of Socrates and Plato and the great philosophers and scientists, integrity being one's determination to be wed to a cause with nobility, love, purity, and so forth. This is what we need in America and in every nation today, and of course, the Ascended Masters do sponsor every nation as the leaders of the nations are responsive to their vibrations. Then I gather that the resemblance between the Republican form of government and hierarchy as you describe it is no coincidence. It is not a coincidence, but you know, Almoria has said it really doesn't matter what the form of government. Any form of government can work when the basic principle of the integrity of the soul and the soul's relationship to God is maintained, and when the rulers be it the single enlightened despot or a committee or a, a larger group or the people themselves, when the governing body considers its supreme obligation to safeguard the individual's right to become one with God. Thank you very much. Up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Thank you, and we are back. And joining us is our regularly and always welcome guest, Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Hi, Hi. nice to be here. You know, uh, these days in all major arenas, political, social, cultural, spiritual, we're seeing a lot of this divide-and-conquer tactic played out both here in America and around the world. Does it seem to be intensifying, and if so, why? 
Well, it does seem to be intensifying. And part of this, of course, is our ability to communicate almost instantaneously <laughs> around the world and the amount of information we get from our TVs and newspapers, Internet and so forth. But it's also, as we talked about it before, it's a time of karmic reckoning. It's a time when our karma is coming due, both at a personal level, as a group level, on a planetary scale. But it's also a time of great opportunity. And so when you have these two forces coming together of great karma coming up for balancing and great opportunity, then there's a battle. It's a battle for the hearts and minds and souls of the people. And I think we need to be engaged in this battle at certain levels, but we also need to step back from it and realize that there is no battle in reality. It is us becoming more of God, putting on our Christhood, and then the battle doesn't seem so real anymore. And yet, in some respects, we need to be there in the arena of life as well. Is this actually Armageddon drawing closer to manifestation then? Well, I got news for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not drawing closer to manifestation. It's It's here. here. It's here. And, you know, I don't know that there's an exact stop and (laughs) start and stop of Armageddon, but clearly, again, it's a manifestation of the coming together of cycles, of karmic return and opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so as challenging as it is to be in this time and place on this planet, it's also the very best place we can be for our soul because it affords the opportunity for the greatest spiritual progress, the greater karma balancing, and the helping to save the other souls on this planet. And Mm so we should be grateful beyond words to be in physical embodiment at this time because there are literally... I would say millions of souls that would give anything to be in embodiment right now because the opportunity is so great. And so our challenge is not to let that opportunity slip away while we're watching TV or doing other things. Right. Yeah, no, I think I, I, you might have said this a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're always in the best place our karma can place us, right, or put us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, with these major challenges and changes that seem to be coming to a head around the globe, What can we do to be prepared? And I'm not talking just about physical preparedness here. Well, we have to prepare spiritually. I mean, even the masters don't know what's going to happen on this planet necessarily because people have free will. And so they are pouring as much light and help and support into the planet as they can. There are many wonderful souls on this planet that are working and striving. But it's a risky time. It's a risky time for this planet and for our soul. And so seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put our spiritual house in order then not only does that bring a great peace to us, but it gives the opportunity for God to use us for greater things. You know, it's a very simple. Forgive people, you know, right any wrongs that you know in life, you know, uh, put bring your lifestyle in alignment, what you know is God's holy purposes for you, pursue your spiritual path. And as you do this, first of all, you'll feel better, you'll feel more at peace, and then open yourself up to be to God to use you in this hour, because everyone has a purpose and a mission in this hour, and we can't be asleep at the switch. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think we've addressed the subject of our divine blueprint before, and I just want to tell everybody listening that we will again. We'll go back to this subject because it's so essential to understand that we each have a purpose. We each have a divine blueprint that we have freely chosen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, these fallen angels that we talk about <laughs> are a nasty lot, but isn't, isn't their Achilles heel the the fact that they take themselves so seriously? Well, they have great pride. They fell on pride. Yeah. And so they don't like to be laughed at or mocked. I think uh, St. <laughs> Thomas More made that comment, you know, the proud uh, devil will not be mocked. And so, yes, we can laugh at them at one level. Another level, we need to be aware of them and their plots and ploys. And I just mm-hmm. want to put things in perspective here a little bit. We need to understand what has been going on this planet for literally hundreds of thousands of years because without that understanding, we can't know who we are and what we need to do to rectify it. 
and the plot and the conspiracy of the fallen angels have been going on for a very, very long time. And we've been victims of it, every single one of us. We've swallowed the lie or we've been persecuted or burned at the stake or whatever they've done to the light bearers in the past. And so what is happening now is the ascended masters want people to have awareness of them, of their tricks, of their ploys, and their conspiracies. But this is not what we live for. No. We live for <laughs> God. We live for yeah. the bliss and joy of God and all the wonderful things in his kingdom. And so, you know, we're not conspiracy uh, activists at one level, and yet we have to know what's going on. We have to understand what they've been doing, and we have to understand that there's a way to do deal with them. And it's not at our human level. And we'll maybe have a chance to talk about that a little later. Yeah. But it's crucial that we know what's going on so we can act. But this is not our reason for being. Our reason for being is to love and to become God and manifest the Christ. And um, that's our goal. So, so it's like it's like going down a road. You're, you're on a journey. You're on a mission. But you just you need to be aware of the potholes and the, and the rocks and the various things just so you can go around. Them, Absolutely. Right? You yeah. know, um, these angels fell and God has had to deal with them and we got to deal with them. But ultimately, <laughs> they're going to be no more yeah. like, by his grace. Right. Yeah. And I think aside from laughing at them, it's probably not a good idea to go after the fallen angels alone, is it? Don't underestimate <laughs> Some of these angels, look at Lucifer. His very name, I think, meant, meant son, of light. son of light. He had tremendous attainment in the kingdom of heaven. How someone like that could ever fall, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a mystery. But pride, I guess, is, is the main thing. And so these are, these, we're not playing with amateurs here. No. And they right. are so single-pointed. You know, we have a certain peace in our lives because we know God made us and God loves us. And so maybe in some ways we're a little more relaxed about things. These fallen ones are not relaxed. They're working 24 hours a day to not only destroy our opportunity to become God, but to get even with God. I mean, that's a hard thing to understand, but that's one of their big goals. So don't underestimate them, and don't try and fight them yourself. This is why we have Archangel Michael, why we have the warriors in heaven, the ascended masters, and all these to call upon to help us fight the battle of Armageddon. So don't tackle it yourself without armor and the breastplate and the protection of Archangel Michael. You know, it might help to um, let people know, too, that there is a degree to which they are sensitive to the energies of the fallen angels, they'll feel this pressure, or if they're doing something good, they'll feel resistance or opposition. Sure. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so understanding where that's coming from, you can make a simple prayer. Archangel Michael, I pray you roll back all opposition to whatever you're doing, whether it's in the community, in your family, in your church, wherever it is, to the will of God in this matter for all mm -hmm. souls concerned. You know, because, you know, again, we like to think We'd like to think everybody has good intentions, yeah. but friends, it's not the case. <laughs> yeah. And so we don't want to be look for a boogeyman ever under every rock, but we have to have discernment. We have to ask. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit to have discernment, to manifest a love, you know, gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent, or whatever the, the phrase is. Yeah, well, that's why divide and conquer tends to work, is because of the trusting nature of people. Well, it is, exactly. And what happens is they fire up, look throughout through history, the wars, for example. Mm -hmm. You've got opposing factions for whatever they are, whether it's religious, political, or whatever, and so they go to war with each other. Well, the fallen ones love war. First of all, it allows them to consolidate power. They aren't the ones out there on the front lines, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah. But the second thing is when light bearers are killed, there's a release for the shedding of blood, there is a release of light. Yeah. And so there is a vampire action on the battlefields of the world where they will suck up this light. They love war, mm -hmm. you know, as long as they're not in it. So it's a, yeah. fe a feeding frenzy. Well, you know, we've often dwelled on the subject of the fallen ones needing our light to survive, like mm -hmm. you just mentioned, uh, but they can't survive indefinitely. Uh, do they have a limited lifespan, and what, <laughs> what happens when their time is up? Well, you know, there is a cycle and a time, and it seems like they've gotten had a long time to redeem themselves. <laughs> I guess. But yeah. it's the mercy and grace of God when you think about it. Even though they fell, God, until the very end, they have the opportunity to repent. 
and turn back to God. But there does come a day of reckoning for us all. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because what happens um, when the time is up for these fallen angels, they do go on trial. And we know from the book of Revelation about the court of sacred fire. And uh, at a certain point, God will not allow their existence to continue. And so they go into the flame and are dissolved. Given a final choice. The final choice, yeah. Yeah. And usually they go with fist upraised and clenched in defiance Mm -hmm. of God. But this is something interesting I want to share with you. This flame that the core of the sacred fire, which is the judgment flame, is also the same flame as the ascension flame. Mm-hmm. And so it ratifies who you are. Wow. And if you have chosen God in body and love, it brings you eternal life. For those who have sworn enemy with God and sworn never to become God in manifestation as God's will, then it becomes their destruction. Wow. Well, so if these fallen angels are being taken from the earth and astral planes on a regular basis, shouldn't we be running out of them pretty soon? <laughs> God only knows. Yeah. You know? All I can tell you is a third of heaven fell. But there's another thing that they can do. They create clones and carbon copies of themselves. And that's a manifestation of evil. So you have to go after not so much the individual as is the core behind it. Oh, and boy. the vibration. And, and I, again, I want to reiterate, this is not a witch hunt saying you're a fallen angel, you're not, and so forth. That's what they used to do when they burned the witches. Mm-hmm. You let God be the judge of that. Yeah. What we need to do is have discernment in terms of vibration and energy because a lot of times the children of God have swallowed the lie. And so they'll be out there espousing the positions of the fallen angels, even though they're not fallen angels. Yeah. So you have to be very careful who you judge. We don't. God is the judge, not us. But, you know, that's why we have civil rights, and the fallen ones are entitled to civil rights like anybody else, because if we take away theirs, we're going to lose ours. You're right. So right. don't go looking for who they are, but look for vibration. And God has called upon us to challenge that vibration spiritually, whether it's within us, within the fallen ones, or the children of light. Well, well given the understanding, then, that the fallen ones will yet be with us for a while, huh? <laughs> yeah. How do we go about protecting ourselves from their devious plots and ploys? Yeah. Again, knowledge is power. You know, one of the greatest tools of the devil is trying to get people to believe that they don't exist. The devil exists. It's kind of a myth. Well, that's obviously not true, number one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The second thing is they have this bag of tricks that we talked about, divide and conquer being number one. And when we can understand that, then they lose some power over us. And and I want to say, this doesn't mean we don't have divergent opinions. All of us, for instance, sitting in this room right now may ascribe to the same spiritual goals and so forth, but I can guarantee we don't have the same opinion on every single issue before us. <laughs> but so. nonetheless, yeah. there's a unity and understanding in God yeah. that we need to strive for. It's a time for differences of opinion, and there's a time to unite and move forward. I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure that the implication between fallen angels and some world leaders in church and state has not gone unnoticed by our listeners. Isn't it true that some world leaders, even those who seem quite urbane and likable on the surface, are in fact re-embodied fallen angels? Well, they are. And uh, I think this is, again, why we don't want to make judgments, but not all devils have horns. Horns. <laughs> some of them are very appealing. It's like the Pied Piper. They have, a, the suit. they have a song that's very <laughs> appealing and very long. And they're very personable, very friendly, mm-hmm. some of them. And so... You know, this is why our only solution is in God, our discernment in God. And we have to live on this planet right now. We have to interact appropriately with whoever we meet. But we have to be wise and ask for that discernment from God. And, you know, God is the judge and God is the doer. But we got to smarten up, friends, yeah. and not let them keep tricking us. Indeed. Right. right. Um, could some religious leaders like priests, pastors, and rabbis actually Ooh. be among the fallen angels? I mean, this is a heavy subject. Well, you're really getting me into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, this is it, not us. <laughs> well, well, look at it this way. If you're a fallen one and you want to get after the light bearers, what better way to do it than infiltrate their churches? Well, and, of course, so. this goes back yeah. to the whole false teaching 
about original sin and Jesus being the only son of God. Of course they've gotten in there, and we have bought the lie yeah. and allowed them to do this. And so, um, you know, that is that factor is out there. Yeah, well, um, how can we discern the difference between those of light and those of darkness? Well, you discern vibration, and by their fruits you shall know them, for yeah. one thing. But again, you have to watch because even the fallen ones will even do good things, yeah. you know, sure. to, to lure us in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we and we can't go around, you know, afraid of our own shadows. But we have to have discernment and ask to our holy Christ self, as for the gift of discernment, to understand the motive and intents of people. You get other people that make mistakes all the time, and yet their motives are very pure. And mm-hmm. so, and again, even as Mrs. Prophet spoke, you know, we the election this year in this country in the United States, you know, you have to work with who's there, yeah. you know, and so don't, we can't look for a, a divine solution through these human beings, but we can pray that they can be used by God and that God's will be done in terms of these elections, because there is a difference in the outcome, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, I hate to, in some ways bring this up, but I have to, in terms of abortion, you know, there's typically a different faction to look at in this country. That is not a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. Oh, indeed. And so we have to understand that that is probably the greatest priority in terms of the political spectrum we have in this nation on this planet because the karma is so great. Yes, as we've said many times. Yeah, and by their fruits you shall know them. It's a very good advice (laughs) whenever we're in doubt about, you know, what someone's real motive might be. But we're talking about beings who are pretty good at covering their tracks. Uh, When we need a blowtorch, so to speak, (laughs) to reveal them, what what should we do? Well, you know, this is why I love the science of the spoken word because our human consciousness is inadequate to the job. But we have very specific calls. We have an ascended master who's actually an Elohim called Cyclopea that has embodies God vision. And so you can call for the exposure and the truth and the lie regarding these things. And I remember many years ago we did a, a, a long marathon to Cyclopeas to expose what was going on in the government. This was the time um, of Watergate. Oh. And of course, you know, the masters have told us that the exposure of Watergate and what went on there was a result of all the calls and prayers we made. So there are things going out there that need to be exposed. If you make the call, God will expose them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing what can happen in terms of interjecting spiritual energy into a very worldly political process. Light is the alchemical key. Whatever I, my opinions are in some ways not important, but the drawing down of the light is crucial for the greatest victory um, you know, in this uh, whole electoral process or whatever you want to call it. And again, you have to look at God. Can, these are human beings like anybody else. They're right. going to make mistakes. They may even have impure motives. But we've got to pray that God will work through them somehow. Uh-huh. Well, and, and we hope to be able to see the, re, the fruits of our, our labor, so, so to speak. I mean, in, in terms of an uptick and an upturn in the, like the political fortunes in this country, the economic fortunes. I mean, these are things that are being put under pressure right now, perhaps by the fallen ones. But whatever the case may be, this is what we pray for. Well, absolutely, because what they'd like to do is create a problem and then solve it. And the way they do that, <laughs> they gain power either way. Right. So this is how they get the light or the, even the physical abundance from the, the children of light that have worked so hard for their daily bread. These fallen ones come in and steal it through various mechanisms. Yeah, so pray for the light, pray for discernment, pray yeah. for that power to be part of your day, day-to-day consciousness. Well, on that note, we've got to take a break here right now, but please don't go away. Because when we return, we will continue our discussion of divide and conquer and other tactics of the fallen ones to weaken and control us. Please stay with us. The new home for visionary positive change. 
Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks for staying with us. We are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the absolute necessity to stand united in the face of threat, challenge, and change. Uh, Sidney, in our last segment there, there was something I wanted to throw in. I wanted to say a little something about solar plexus reaction. In other words, people, they can, you know, some, you can see somebody that looks right. They, they're saying all the right things and everything seems perfect on the, on the surface. But there's a solar act, solar plexus action that tells you that something's wrong. What, what comments do you have? Well, on I, that? That's a really good point, Terry. You know, you had a gut feel. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's gut exactly feeling. right. You know, this, there's something about this that doesn't feel right. And it's your soul tuning into a certain vibration and ask for God to show you what it is about this situation. And again, they can be saying all the right words. They can mm-hmm. have all the, the, you know, the big smile, the American flag on their lapel or whatever it is. Yeah. But they're not speaking the truth. You know, the masters have spoken before about this mesmerism aspect that sometimes people can be speaking to a crowd or, you know, a group and literally be hypnotizing them. Have you, do you, Speak to that. You know, I've heard about, I've heard about that, and I think that's you know that's a good good lead into 
what we do every day in our spiritual practices is what we put on what we call a tube of light, Mm -hmm. which is literally an invisible shield of light that surrounds our auric force field and protects us from a lot of these psychic projections, from the mass consciousness, from any attempt to, Mm -hmm. you know, some form of hypnosis on us and so forth. It's just like you, you know, put on your seatbelt. It's something we do every day of our lives. And again, we don't think about these things a lot, but we know there's dangers out there. And that's why we give this tube of light you visualize it descending around you in the almost like a milk bottle around you for absolute protection because there are psychic forces out there that are bombarding us at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Trust in God, but type your camel. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about God government. Um, though we are admonished to avoid uh, partisan politics, as Elizabeth Clare Prophet was saying, aren't there times like now, perhaps, when, <laughs> when we must take a stand? Well, I, first of all, I want to say the Senate Masters have never said that we shouldn't participate in politics. And, right. you know, this is our, in America, this is our government. You, we have no right to, to take a position, to align ourselves with others, agree with us, and that's fine. I think what, what she was alluding to is that we have to be careful to think that there's one place on the political, political spectrum that has all the right answers mm-hmm. because yeah. it's just not the case. And I got to tell you, there's fallen angels on the left and the right and in the middle. They'll position <laughs> themselves anywhere they want. They are, they are. So again, this discernment comes forth. But, you know, we need to obey the laws of the land. The Ascended Masters teach, you know, and Jesus taught, render unto Caesar. So we have to be appropriate in the way we, uh, whether it's protest or voice our opinions or so forth. But the key is the spiritual work because mm-hmm. none of us in our human consciousness have all the answers. And that's where, as I said, light is the alchemical key. Interject mm-hmm. light and truth into the elections and everything else, the economy, everything else. And see what can happen. Yeah. Right. And I think um, as this is kind of dovetailing in subjects we've spoken of before, but aren't there karmic circumstances or consequences for failing to confront evil, you know, even when that confrontation takes the form of partisan politics, for example? Well, a- absolutely. You know, the descended masters are not pacifists, either from a political or a defense point right. of view. And, and the reason that is is because we live in a physical plane. There's sometimes you just have to do things physically. Yeah. Um, it may be, uh, you know, a person may have had karma from a, from Atlantis where they were in a political office and they did something wrong and they're back running for office again because their soul knows they have to write that and so forth. Yeah. So there is a time for involvement and doing the best you can and, and so forth. And our greatest danger for a soul at this time is to do nothing. And... You know, there's always something anyone can do, even if it's invoking God's light and his, his intercession in these world scenes. You know, we can look on the TV. We see trouble around the world, wherever it be. We call the angels to go forth to the place to protect the people of God there, to resolve these difficulties. I mean, the world is our oyster in the sense that we can impact it by the power of God, not our human beings, but the God within us and the ability and the knowledge to call forth the angels into this realm, into this uh, plane uh, to take action. So our biggest danger, yes, evil must be confronted. God must do the confrontation, but we must be the tool by which God uses to bring forth that action in the physical plane. So it's a balance. You know, God doesn't Mm -hmm. want martyrs. He wants people to be alive and well and serving him. The angels will protect us. But we have to do our part. But the greatest danger is to do nothing. And that's, I I think, the concern about some of their dear Christian friends who have adapted to a certain extent of passivity, that God's in charge, everything's going to be fine, and we, you know, we're saved, and so we don't have to do that much. And that's not the truth. And I, I want to just add something here about the people of Tibet. Here you have one of the greatest spiritual communities on this planet is the culture and people of Tibet, a very high spiritual community. What happened in the late 40s? The Chinese communists overran them. Well, how can that happen? They're the greatest spiritual community on earth. Yeah. What happened? Because they didn't have physical defense. Oh. And, of course, no one came to their help. But the point is, 
we're in a physical plane. There are some things we have to do physically. There's some things that we have to do spiritually. And understanding that is knowing that we must confront the darkness and the evil, either within or without. God has given us the tools. He's given us the protection and the knowledge. But we got to do it. And maybe just to amplify that point, on the power side of that equation, we have one plus God is a majority. Absolutely. There, that we are useful if we are only one in some cases. Right. We can hold balances for great numbers of people. I, I think that's a very good uh, point, Tom. And I, I, I know this is hard to comprehend, but i got to share a teaching with you. And that one individual invoking the light and being with their spiritual practices can literally hold a balance for 100 million people. Wow. Now, that's not humanly, that's impossible. But it just shows you what God can do. And when you have a group of people, of course, there's a multiplication effect on that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take millions of people to bring about change on this planet. No. It really takes a small number that are willing to hold the light in harmony, to live their lives in accordance with God's precepts, and to be the instrument of God's word and light. But you have to understand how to do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want to make just a mention here of the fact that we've been drawing quite liberally today from the book by Elizabeth Clare Prophet titled Strategies of Light and Darkness. And we should point out that while the divide and conquer tactic is one of the fallen angels' classic favorites, there are quite a few others they can literally, that they can find and use to be equally effective in separating us from our light. And without going into a lot of detail, what are a few of the other common strategies employed by the forces of darkness? Well, you know, a lot of it is distracting us from God. Um, and there's ways to do that. Um, you know, condemnation. You're not worthy to be God's instrument upon this planet. You're a worthless sinner and so forth. Or flattery. You know, you're not much better than this. You're much better than that. You don't have to go on the humble path. You've got all this attainment and so forth. Uh, you know, and distraction. You know, I, I see sometimes people that, that they build their lives around, you know, collecting you know, place or something, you know, <laughs> and that's not, that's not evil. That's nothing wrong with that. But what it yeah. does, it takes people from their true purpose. Yeah. And you know, people focus on things that are not important. You know, what's the reality of what's important these days? It's not a position. Uh, it's nice to have cash flow. I admitted that, but it's not the goal <laughs> of life. You know, what's important and what is important is to becoming God, yeah. becoming God in manifestation, being God's instrument, allowing God to use you, be humble before God and man, and yet be firing your determination to invoke the light to be the instrument of God that he might bring about the salvation of this planet and this people. And it begins within our hearts. It'll manifest in our elections and everything that goes on in the world. But this is the key to victory in the age of Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think another hour has just whizzed by. I'm thinking about four (laughs) things I'd like to ask you. I've got a handful, Uh, too. Again, I want to thank Reverend Sidney Bennett for his usual clarity and insight. Uh, It really is a privilege to have you with us. I just want you to know that. And, you know, speaking of privilege, it has been our privilege to bring a portion of the Ascended Masters and their teaching to you, our listeners. That's right. Yeah, to whom we give our sincere gratitude. Oh, indeed we do. God bless you all abundantly, and we look forward to the next time when we can be together. And until then, remember that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out out of this this world. world. (laughs) Thanks, everybody.
thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.